Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. What does that mean? 
Relative truth is relative to your life and your circumstances and your worldview. Based on your experiences, you have a particular worldview of things. But truth has to be objective. Objective meaning it has to be based on evidence and proof. Reality, right? And, and, and we've gotten this thing today, and we see it play out in social media where, 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 where people are, are, are living their truth. And I, I hate that term. I've heard it used a lot. There's no such thing as your truth. There is the truth. There's the truth. People will believe things based on their own worldview, based on what they've experienced. So there's some that lean left, right? And so because they lean left, they watch everything that would support that viewpoint. They'll watch uh, their particular news feed. They'll, they'll post things based on their particular viewpoint. They'll watch a certain news channel, right, or certain things. They'll entertain them. And, and if people on the right, they'll do the same thing. They'll, they'll, they'll tend to look at news and look at things based on that point. Of you. People will live in a version of truth that fits their <coughs> life. Need a couple volunteers. Who we got? Who we got? Kendall, come here. I know you like doing this kind of stuff. I brought a couple jackets here. I was trying to figure out which jacket I want to wear Easter today, so I got my new, new jacket on. Kendall, come up here. I need a. Jesse, can you help me out, bro? Come on, man. Here we go. Kind of big. <laughs> kind of big on me, honestly. I don't ever wear that jacket. And Jesse, uh, can you put this on for me, my friend? Try it, you know, best I can. And, and they believe they're going to come back as a tree and plants or a dog or something like that. And, 
They'll believe in that, but then they won't believe in the Bible, what God said, right? <laughs> Culture, there's very little question or, or, or problems with a God or spirituality, right? But when you speak the name of Jesus, when you mention Jesus, when you start talking about Jesus, then, then we have a, a problem, right? Then we have a problem. Almost no one debates his existence. Uh, he's a historical figure. He actually existed. Even some religions acknowledge that he was a, a good teacher, a good man. He was moral. He was kind. He was compassionate. He helped others. He served others. But when you start talking uh, about his claims, and this is what got him killed. This is what got him in, 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 in the, the situation that he was in. It was his claim that he was the Son of God, that he was the Messiah. He is what the, the prophets have spoken all of these years. And not just that, but he said he would die, and then he would rise again, that he could forgive sins, right? He was the Messiah, that John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, let's be honest, if someone did that today, like, we'd be like, oh, you're crazy, dude, right? If someone were to claim, and we've had some people that have done that over the years. But he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. There's some truth and there's some beauty in all world religions, right? Some of them are similar. Even some share the same kind of stories in their history. But let me walk you through a few. Buddhism, there is no God. There's no type of final existence. It's countless rebirths. In Hinduism, there's an impersonal God approached through deities, statues, and idols. Both Buddhism and Hinduism, there's no forgiveness of sin. There's only supernatural help for trying to have good karma, right? Have good karma. In Islam, the Muslims, they worship Allah, where there's a personal God, no secondary gods, and a total ban on idols. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Right? There's similarities in a lot of different ones. But your standing depends on religious devotions and work. They're very devout people. Man, if we can pray like the, like the Muslims pray, come on, church. But they're very devout people. We don't receive salvation based on our works. It's only through Jesus. And then there's this new age concept that there's a high, there's higher consciousness. And it's all about the universe and the cosmos. And everything, everything should come to the center of their, their cosmic conscience. But that would require Islam to give up their God. That would require Hindus to give up their many gods. And that would require Buddhism to believe in a God. Right? They're not all the same. All roads don't lead to the same place. So we have to look at this scientifically. Now some of you are like, ooh, yes. Some of you are like, ooh, science, no. But I think there's a place where faith and science come together. I, I believe we can come to know God even through science. But scientifically, as we look at things, because we're talking about objective truth here, right? As we look at things, we have to, we have to look at things differently. So as we look at God, scientifically, God must be self-existent. So, so my, my son has been asking all these questions about how did God get created? And my son, God has always been created. He's above space, time, and matter. He, the Bible says he's transcendent. He transcends all things. He always has been. He is and was and is to come, right? He, he's Alpha and Omega, beginning and the ending. He always has been. That's what allows him to be our creator. That's what, that's what allows him to be creator and us to create it, because he was always there, right? Does that make sense? God must be self-existent. God must, so because of that, God must be unimaginably powerful, right? He's omnipotent. He's our omnipotent father, right? And because of that, he must be supremely intelligent. He's omniscient. He must be moral. He must be unique. 
and personal. So all roads don't lead to God. All religions aren't the same. And this list that I just read narrows it down to three religions. Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, right? But Christianity stands out even amongst those. In Christianity, we serve a personal God who came to us. It's the only religion where God comes to us. There's no working to get to God. There's no working to get salvation. There's no good works. There's nothing that we can do to earn the love of God. He loves us no matter what. He doesn't want us to stay stuck, to stay the same, or stay in our sin. He loves us no matter what. He loves each and every one of you. No matter what, nothing changes that. But God came to us, and he showed us love, and he showed us forgiveness. Not anything that I have done or do, but because of what Jesus did on the cross. That's why we're here this morning. Because he died, because there is an empty tomb, guess what? I can have, and you can have salvation in a relationship with God. Because sin separates us from God, but Jesus made a way. There's some truth and beauty in all world religions, but they're not the same. What sets Christianity apart is Jesus. But not just his life, not just his miracles. Not just, it's the truth claim, it's the fact that he died, but not just died, because if he just died, we would all still be stuck in our sins. Nothing would change. We might as well just quit and give up. But he didn't just die, did he? He rose again. And because he rose again, Jesus' resurrection, it validates everything. <laughs> you might as well shout this morning, because it's true for it validates everything. It validates his claims, it validates who he said he was, come on somebody, it validates that he is the son of God, it validates everything. It validates this book, it's not some old ancient tired text. It validates it. Resurrection changes everything. That's why we're here today. Some of you may have had a hard time believing in such a thing. Might be like one of these callers from the radio show. Questions. Hopefully we can help solve some of that for you this morning. Death is defeated. What a headline that would have been on the front page newspaper back in those days. Death is defeated. You can have a relationship with Jesus through his resurrection. And I'm praying if you don't have a relationship with him today, I'm praying by the end of this service, we're going to give you an opportunity at the end to make that, that decision. But if you don't know him, would you get to know him today? Would you consider Jesus? We consider a lot of things in this world, don't we? Would you consider Jesus today? Not our church. I don't care about our church. I care about Jesus. Because of Jesus, we have church. So don't consider our church. I'm talking about consider Jesus. Don't consider religion, because guess what? I don't want religion either. Jesus didn't come to start a religion. Consider Jesus. Don't consider the, the life of some so-called Christians, because we all get it wrong. Here's the deal. We are all messed up. We all got junk in our trunk. Some of you more ways than one. I'm just going to leave that. <laughs> consider Jesus. Don't even look at my life, right? Because I'm going to mess up too. Consider Jesus. Consider Jesus this morning. Come on. Some of you, you know you have tried everything else. And there's something still missing. 
And I'm not just talking about some of the, 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 the crazy stuff. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the addictions and all that. I'm talking about some of you who have tried careers. You've tried to fit things in your life that shouldn't be there. You've tried to even fit relationships. There's so many things that maybe you have tried. And you've tried everything. Something. You know it. Something you're still missing. Something is nothing works. Something's still missing. So here, can, can you look at things? Can you change your lens, change out your glasses, right? Can you look at things differently today, objectively, not based on what you've experienced? Like, come on, don't look through your mistakes. Don't look through your past. Don't look this morning through what you've been hurt by. Don't look through any shame. Don't look through guilt. Don't look through any of those things this morning. Take those things off. Lay them at the feet of Jesus today. And begin to look at things through what God's word says about Jesus. Don't look at things through your truth. Look at things through being true. Jesus is the truth, the way, the life. Come on, can you just see Jesus today? Come on, can you just see? Let's push all that aside for a moment and let's just see Jesus today. Can you consider him? Consider the ministry of Jesus, why he came, what he did, what he's still doing to this day. Mark 2, 16 through 17 says, When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw Jesus eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Those who others despise, Jesus accepted. Jesus spent time with him. Jesus had compassion on him. The religious leaders didn't even go spend time with him. So you got cats out there like, I will Zacchaeus. <laughs> Who looked different than everybody else. But more importantly, everybody hated Because he was a tax collector. He cheated people. Yet at the end of that story, if you know it, we find Jesus going to his house leading him to salvation and changing his life. We find Jesus hanging out with adulterers, prostitutes, lepers, all sorts of people that in that day and time would have been considered outcasts. Even those that, that were blind and, 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 uh, and mute or couldn't walk, they were considered outcasts because they couldn't contribute to society. Yet Jesus had compassion on them. Yet Jesus spent time with them. Yet Jesus talked to them and hung out with them. Come on, you might feel like you're in this room today and you're an outcast. Through what you've been through in your life, your mistakes, your past, maybe some guilt and shame, maybe some different things that you've gone through in your life. And maybe today you're feeling like an outcast. Maybe you feel like an outcast because your bank account, or because of the career that you chose. Or because of some other thing. Maybe today you're in this day. You can, guess what? Man? You're in the right place. Because Jesus came for someone just like you. He came for all of us. He came for all of us. That's the grace of God. You might consider yourself an outcast. You might, you might have come in the room today. And you may have struggled with that. Do I really want to go to church? I, I don't know. Mom, dad, grandma, auntie, co-worker. Somebody invited me. I don't even know if I want, I want to go. Because man, this, this roof might fall in if I go in. Because I done messed up, y'all. So, I mean, some people think that. 
may think you've messed up so much that you're beyond the grace of God, but God's grace is for everyone. It is not beyond anyone. You're in the right place. You're in the right place, my friend. If you remember the woman that was caught in adultery, the religious leaders, they were ready to stone her. That's what the law said. They, they, they presented her to Jesus, like, Jesus, what do we do? Because they're, they're watching him, and how's he going to act? How, how, how can we get him, right? And Jesus drops a bomb on him, truth bomb. You without sin cast the first stone. One by one, they're gone. It's just him and this lady caught in adultery. Notice he doesn't say, all right, hey, sorry about that. Go, go on your way, buddy. Okay, I hear you. You messed up. All right, just, just go on. No, he says what? Go. He said, first of all, I don't accuse you. Where are your accusers? And then go and they said no more. Go and stop doing this. Stop living this way. Right? So, so I, would, I would say for you this morning, when you come in, you're thinking, oh, you know, God, God, is, God is good. And he just accepts me as I am. That's a partial truth. Yes, he accepts us all as we are, but he doesn't want us to stay the same. Jesus didn't say, you're, you're forgiven, you're good, just go on your way. No, he said, go and sin no more. There may be some of you in the room that, that Jesus would say the same thing to you today. Yes, come as you are. Yes, I love you. Yes, I died for you. Yes, I rose again for you. But, but go and sin no more. Stop living that way. Whatever that is for you today. He loves you as you are, but doesn't want you to stay the same. He opened blind eyes. He healed deaf ears. Made the mute speak. Touched lepers. All things that his critics didn't question. They didn't question the validity of his miracles. Because they were all there. They saw these things happening. They, they saw the people one day crippled or, or mute or, or with some other issue. And then the next day they weren't anymore. They didn't question the validity of his miracles. They just wanted him to stop. He was causing a, a, a gathering, an uprising, right? They, they just wanted him to stop. But there's some of you in here today, you, you've been addicts in your life, but God. You might as well say amen. There's some of you in this room that you've done all kinds of, you may have cheated, but God. Come on, you may have been that person that's tried everything and gone every which thing, but God. Changed everything. Some of you in this room, you are a walking, talking miracle. But there's some of you that are in this room right now, you are a miracle in the making. That God is wanting to do something in your life right here, right now. What's the change? And He changes from the inside out. That's so why God arose again. And it's not to create some better version of your old self. No, He makes us new. The old is gone, and the new will come in your life. Not better, but different. All made possible through his death and his resurrection. Come on, can you see Jesus? Can you see him today? Can you see him? Consider his ministry and consider the resurrection of Jesus. I want to spend a little time here today. Because maybe you have questions. Maybe there's some doubt in there. Maybe you're watching online today and you have some questions. Consider his resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, 17 through 18. And if Christ has not raised, been raised, your faith is futile. And your sin, or you are still in your sins, then those also who fall asleep in Christ are lost. If he did not rise again, this is pointless. Right? 
But if it's true, guess what? You can trust me because it validates everything. Okay? Objectively, there's five historic principles that speak to the resurrection. Okay? Number one, there's multiple independent sources that support historical claims. Both believers and skeptics. Okay? Second, attestation by an enemy supports historical claims. Right? Three, embarrassing admissions support historical claims. We're going we're gonna to dive into these here in just a minute. Four, eyewitness testimony supported and early testimony supported. So listen, hey, you can say that. You can fact check me if you want this morning. I don't care. Okay? You can go ahead and do it. It's just, first and foremost, Jesus did die, and he died by crucifixion. It's a historical fact. There's no missing context there. You can look it up. You can Google it. It, it happened. Okay? All scholars, even the skeptic, even some skeptics, I should say, agree. Second, the Jesus disciples believed he rose and appeared to them. Now, if we just stop there, that's like, okay, like here, here's that relative and objective truth again. They're just saying that. They're, they're so broken up and so hurt by what happened that they want to believe that, right? If we stop there, yes. But they claimed it from the beginning. They were eyewitnesses. These are first names. All the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they, they were eyewitness accounts of what happened. They were there. And it wasn't like a fisherman's story. Come on, y'all. Some of you, Roger, I'm looking at you, brother. I know that fish gets bigger as the day goes on. <laughs> and then forget about the next day, the week later. That fish started off like this, and somehow it ended up like this, John. I don't know. We've all been there. Let's be honest. No, no, no. It did, the story didn't change. And unfortunately, they didn't have technology, newspapers, or any of those things. Everything was either oral tradition or written tradition. <coughs> and not to mention, there were skeptics like the Apostle Paul, who was Saul, who was the great persecutor. Before he had an interaction with the risen Jesus, he was having Christians stoned. He was having them in prison. He was having them killed. What changed his mind? He was a skeptic, like a hardcore one. He had an interaction with the risen Jesus. What about Jesus' brother, James, who was a skeptic? His brother didn't believe. Can you imagine that? Growing up, being Jesus' brother, James, why can't you just be like your brother, Jesus? Can you imagine that pressure? I just lose that one. James didn't believe. But he came to believe. He saw Jesus after his resurrection, and it changed his life. And then, thirdly, they were willing to suffer greatly for this cause. They were willing to suffer greatly. Some of them were crucified upside down, some beheaded. I don't want none of that. But if we may be coming to a time where it's going to get by. I don't know. Some were had hot blood, oil poured on them, persecuted, spread out, ran out of town. Like, they, they went through great suffering because of what they believed. And then lastly, the tomb was empty and is still empty to this day. And there are enemy attestations that claim someone stole the body. But we're going to look at that here in just a moment. I mean, first of all, they were in Jerusalem. It was right there in their back door. They had a guard because they were worried because they heard him say something before. So, so you're telling me that 11 small town, uneducated, average dudes devised the greatest scheme and the greatest, the greatest heist of all time. Forget Ocean's Eleven and all that stuff, right? They devised the greatest heist of all time, and they pulled it off and kept it a secret. That, that just doesn't line up at all. And the fact checkers in that time, and even over time, have been busy 
with this. So some, uh, we would say that the story grew over time. Again, the fisherman kind of theology, that, that the story grew over time. Again, the original disciples that claimed it from the beginning, and plus, what about the skeptics who followed Jesus? What about the disciples lied and stole the body? Again, you just looked at that. that. That wouldn't work. What did they have to gain by lying? What did they have to gain by doing that? They were sorely misunderstood, rejected, faced persecution, torture, and death. These are not perks. These are not friends' benefits. Right? Someone else stole the body. Well, that only answers the empty tomb. Where is Jesus? He is risen. Then you met, we mentioned it in the skit that Jesus appeared to die. This is known as the swoon theory. Okay? When Jesus was on the cross, the way he was hung up there with the nails in his wrists and his ankles, he had to keep lifting himself up to breathe. So he actually died from asphyxiation. Couldn't breathe. Not to mention, they stabbed him up through the side with the spear that broke his heart sack, and that's why blood and water flowed. So you're telling me he only appeared to die, and he passed out, they put him in the tomb, and at some point, he comes to like, oh my gosh, where am I? And, and, and with all the wounds, with the crown of thorn wounds on his head, the beating that he took, the spear in the side, all that stuff, you're telling me he somehow came to that he didn't die, and somehow got out of the tomb? Some would say that there were hallucinations or, or delusions again. You know, they were just brokenhearted, so they, they, they were like to have seen him. But, but just as was mentioned in the skit, as, as uh, April mentioned, he appeared to like 500 people, not just the 12 or the 11. He appeared to a lot of people. You're telling me a lot of people are on that good stuff that they're just losing? Like, no. This, this one, I love this. If something happened, we just don't know what. Come on. You're not even trying there. That's not scientific at all. And then they try to be science. Science proves dead people don't come back to life. I get that. But that ignores all of the evidence. Plus, Jesus was not an ordinary person. Come on, somebody. He was fully God, fully man. Jesus said he would die. He said he would rise again. And he did. And if people don't believe, then they ignore the evidence simply to fit their own worldview of things. He did it. He died. He rose again. And since he did it, validates everything. All of this. You can trust him. You can believe in him. You can give your life to him. Consider Jesus' ministry. Consider his resurrection. Consider his eternal message. Come on, worship team. You can come back up. Consider his eternal message. Why he came. Why he was here. Romans 3.22, Paul said, We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Here's the problem. Sin separates us from God. That's why Jesus came the way that he did. To be fully God and fully man. To be the perfect sacrifice. To stand in the gap. To bridge the gap between God and us that was separated because of sin. It had to be Jesus. It had to be this way. It didn't come to bring religion. It came so that we could have a relationship. Religion is all about me. Relationship is all about Jesus. Religion says, I obey God so that he will love me. But a relationship with Jesus is because of God, and because of his love for me, I will obey him. Religion is all about what I can do or want to do. But a relationship is about what Jesus has done and what he's still doing. And what he still wants to do for each and every one of your lives today. It's in Christ alone. 
He is the way, the truth, and the life. In October of 1987, we're, we're going to get ready to close here in just a few moments. But in October of 1987, a little girl named Jessica McClure, she fell down an abandoned well shaft. Some of you may even remember this story. The shaft was 8 inches in diameter, 22 feet deep. Can you imagine as a parent? The parents thought she was lost. They didn't know where she was. So, so they began to search and search and search. And they, they finally found that she's trapped with no way out in this well shaft. In this little town of Midland, Texas, she became the focus of the entire nation. Every major news network was covering the story. For helicopters and cameras and lights and the whole deal. For 15 hours, these men, they drug, dug, and, and drilled into this well shaft to try to get her out. Now, they didn't know initially they were digging through limestone. So it was breaking the drill bits. Bit, bit, bit. And after 15 hours, they were able to get to Jessica. They were to get to her, and they were to get her out of the well shaft. And I say, bring her up to the top if you can, in, in the theater of your mind, if you can imagine. There's, there's cameras, there's lights, there's people watching. Watching this rescue. And as the men bring her up out of this, they went from praying and hoping to now filled with joy. Because little Jessica had been saved. The rescuers were crying, parents were crying, all of them were crying, everybody was crying. Because Jessica, who was once lost, most certainly dead is it now found alive. In order for her to live, someone else had to save her. She tried on her own. I, I can imagine in that situation, you're trying to fall, you're trying to do every little thing that you can to get out of this situation. But it took someone coming down to her to get her out. Similarly, everyone in the human race is trapped because of sin. We have fallen into this great abyss that we can't get out of ourselves. And if we want to get out of this, we need someone from up there to come down, save us, and to get us out. Someone has to drill a hole to where we are. And even though many of us, we try to do all sorts of things to get ourselves out. We try anything and everything to get out of, of feeling that way, feeling trapped trapped in the chains and, and, and the bondages of life and experiences and sin and shame and guilt and pressure and all sorts of things. We try to do all sorts of things to get ourselves out, but we can't on our own. It needs someone outside of ourselves to come down. Because the hole is too deep and we can't climb out on our own. At the heart of the gospel, this is what Jesus has done for us. Let the head rise free today. Death has been defeated. Jesus saw you, he saw me, he saw us in a deep hole of sin. We were trying to get out with good works. We were trying to fill our lives with things that didn't really fit and didn't really work. But God came in the person of Jesus Christ and entered the hole of our death. He offers us freedom from above. Come on, this is Resurrection Sunday. This is the gospel. This is why Jesus came. Come on, you stand up and do this morning in just a few moments. We're going to open up these altars for prayer. If you'd like prayer for anything, we want to pray with you, and we want to pray for you. But before we do that, before we do this, some of you, you're on board with this. You're like, yes, Jesus. You're like, yes, thank you for saving me. Yes, you're, 
been done for you. Why? Because you have been forgiven. Come on, guess what? You can love instead of hate. Guess what? Now you can help others because you yourself have been healed. Come on, I wish someone would shout this from death, from sin, defeated. Jesus is alive and you can Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.